Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome to Tigers and 20 Off the Boards, a Go Tigers 247 audio podcast hosted by lead writer Christian Fowler, where he brings you the latest interviews with players, top recruits, coaches, and more in both football and basketball across the city of Memphis and around the nation. Here is your host, Christian Fowler. What's up, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Off the Boards. I am your host, Christian Fowler, and joining me is Jonah Jordan. And today we have some massive breaking news that Go Tigers 247 and myself broke earlier today, and that is the news of Arizona transfer quarterback Grant Gunnell. He is coming to Memphis. Uh, can't can't really overstate how big of a get this is. There's been a lot of questions already about the quarterback situation for next year going into the spring without Brady White. Ryan Silverfield and the staff just answered that question and ended that question with an exclamation point because this is an incredible get, massive get. Jonah, immediate thoughts on Memphis landing Grant Gunnell from Arizona. Man, Memphis is uh, really, it's an interesting thing because now, what, they have zero quarterbacks who signed under Mike Norvell on the roster. So it was a big question going into the next season, and Memphis has done such a good job on the transfer market in the past, but I thought... We've written about it. We've talked about it. Oh, they're going to go get a quarterback. I didn't know. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what kind of what kind of level it was going to be at. But this kid is good. Like he, this kid obviously has something there. I think there's a lot of potential that was kind of untapped at Arizona. Yeah, I completely agree. And also, I think it's a bit of a lack of opportunity at Arizona. Uh, Jonah, what was their quarterback's name last year? Tate. What's his first name? Khalil Tate. Khalil Tate. So he split time with Khalil Tate in 2019. I uh, believe he played a few games and, and played very well. Only one interception to nine touchdowns. Played very well in the games that he started. Won the starting job in the spring. Came into this season as the starter. Played the first three games. Hurt his shoulder against UCLA. Still finished with, I believe, 630 passing yards, five touchdowns, and two interceptions. So the talent level is there. And we know Arizona was terrible. I mean, they're, they're terrible this there's year. There's a reason. They, there's a reason he's leaving, and there's a reason the coach is no longer there. Exactly. They they were not a good football team this year. He didn't have much talent around him. Not necessarily in the receiving core because they do have some good receivers there, but the offensive line play was terrible, which I believe caused them to switch up their philosophy philosophy a little bit and go a lot more short and a lot more short game with him than they necessarily wanted to and that he's capable of because six foot six, two hundred and ten, two hundred and fifteen pounds with a rocket arm shouldn't be uh dumping off slants for an entire no. game. No. So I think I think it's the perfect fit. Because we know what this offense, and I keep saying this, I feel like in every podcast, I know it's a different offense from Mike Norvell, but it's based off of that. It's very mm-hmm. similar. There are some different intricacies that that Kevin Johns has brought in, but it's very similar to the Mike Norvell system. And we've seen what that system can look like when you have a quarterback that can push the ball down the field on a consistent basis uh, with Paxton Lynch and Riley Ferguson. We saw what those guys did in those air raid type offenses that are still balanced and run the ball but push the ball down the field. 
They haven't been able to do that as much with Brady White just because he's not as good as Paxton and Riley were at pushing the ball down the field. But Grant Gannell is, and in my opinion, he he has the potential to be better at Memphis than both Riley Ferguson and Paxton Lynch and also Brady White. I think this guy has all conference written all over him. I think he can go down as one of the best in school history. And I know I may be getting ahead of myself. A little, little ahead of yourself. <laughs> I, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but, uh, I mean, I'm being realistic at the same time because when you look at the talent and the way that quarterbacks have flourished at Memphis – and the pieces around him, it makes sense. And I know that he's going to come and put his nose to the ground and work. That's the kind of kid he is. He doesn't doesn't like publicity, publicity, doesn't like media, doesn't like getting caught up in things off the field. He likes going to work. He's the one at Arizona that got the whole team to come in May and ran every practice over the summer. That's the level of kid that he is. Uh, he is a worker, a grinder, a leader. That's what he wants to do. He just wants to work. He just wants to play football. So that speaks volumes to me. Also was a captain at Arizona, the first sophomore captain in the history of Arizona's football program. So a lot of a lot of uh, very good things that I've heard about this kid coming into Memphis. And Jonah, what do you think? What do you think the potential is for, for Grant Gannell at Memphis? I mean, it's very high, like you said. I mean, I agree with just about everything that you said. I, I think it's going to be interesting how Memphis continues to recruit at the wide receiver position and who all returns at wide receiver next year and all of that. That's it's very. I think his performance is very dependent on that. Um, off, obviously, offensive line was an issue all last year. They've gone out and they've gotten some guys to kind of correct that. And McKaylen Pounders, a couple other guys, Royce White. I, but we don't know. We've talked about it. We don't know if those uh, guys are going to start. They got Dobbs from Michigan State, but we don't know what the offensive line is going to look like. Honestly, there are a lot of question marks with this offense and quarterback being one of them. I don't know what to expect. And I think that the expectations will be high once again because Memphis is such a machine on offense. Like Kevin Johns has done an up and down job this year, but I think a lot of their struggles had to do with personnel. There were some play calling issues, but he's a first year offensive coordinator. Um, but I really don't know what to expect. I think we're going to have to go into spring because there will be competition. I I, I don't think I'm not going to sit here and say, hey, it's not going to look like the Brady White, David Moore, Brady Davis, Brady McBride competition where it was like, okay, Brady's probably going to be the starter, but we're going to see what everybody else has. But I'm interested to see what how all of this comes together around him because, like you said, he's a leader. He's very smart. Like, he reminds me a little bit of Brady White in that sense, where Brady was a leader from the minute he got here. It took guys a minute to kind of get used to him because he wasn't Riley Ferguson and he wasn't Anthony Miller and he did things in a different way. But they eventually did, and he was able to, like, it, we're sitting here today and it's his last game, and the Montgomery Bowl is his last game. Like, you can't tell me he's not a leader in the locker room. But I'm interested, like, the kid has arm talent. He's obviously got some potential but they need to kind of mold things around him a little bit because you've Calvin Austin's great there's questions at the tight end position I've already talked about the O-line running back how is that coming together like they need to make sure all of these are short up so he has the opportunity and the weapons and the uh, like ability to go out and flourish and show off that potential yeah I completely agree but uh, I uh, you said something about the quarterback competition, and I think it is very similar to the Brady White thing. Yes. I think, I think Grant Gannell probably walks in as the starter pretty easily if he works as hard that I, as I've been told that he works, and as good as that I've seen with my own eyes. 
then he will be the starter at the beginning of the 2021-2022 season. And what that also does is, you know, from from last year on or from the middle of this year on, when we've talked about the quarterback competition, and we haven't gotten into it too deep because Brady White's still on campus. He played his last game last night against uh, FAU in the Montgomery Bowl. But, I mean, when you when you look at it and you're realistic, there was going to have to be a philosophy change for a new quarterback to come in, whether it was Keelan Brown or Peter Parrish, you were going to have to change specific things about yeah, the offense. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to add in read options. You're gonna have to give them a chance to use their mobility because that's a part of their game that makes them so dynamic. With Grant Gannell, you don't have to shift things as much. And what do coaches love, Jonah? Continuity. Yep. Coaches love continuity. They love keeping things the same because the returning players don't have to learn a whole new system. So in, in my opinion, if he if he shows just a little bit of what he's capable of in the spring and in the summer, and I think he'll show way more, I think he'll show pretty early on that he's the guy, it helps the rest of the offense. And I'm not saying that Keelan Brown and Peter Parrish don't deserve a fair shake. Oh, they'll get and, a fair shake. If one of them comes out and is like, okay, Keelan Brown is throwing 75-yard bombs every practice and he's obviously yeah. the best guy, they're going to throw him out there. It's not a case of, okay, we're just going to watch Grant do Grant things and forget these these other guys. It's He may have just a little bit of a lead because of the kind of talent that he is going into things. And like you said, the continuity and all of that. Yeah, so it, it helps your offense out if he – I mean, I'm sure they're hoping that he wins the starting job. Regardless of, of how it turns out, they're going to play the best guy available. I mean, they're, they're, they're a good coaching staff. Whoever gives the team a be, the, the best chance to succeed on the field is who is going to start. But it makes life a lot easier on the returning players and the coaching staff if Grant Gannell comes in and shows that he's the guy that they think he is and that we think he is. So that's what I'm looking for. I expect that to happen. Um, and, and I agree with you. I think they give everybody a fair shake. That's not really how coaching staffs work. They don't just go yeah. into it with a one-track mind and, and kind of block everything out. Like, I know there are some people that believe David Moore did not get a fair shake at Memphis in that competition, and he absolutely did. We I mean, were at every practice, yeah. Jonah. We watched every practice. They got equal reps for the majority of practice. They both ran with the with the first team in scrimmages. So there was an equal opportunity there. I believe there will be an equal t- opportunity here. But at the end of the day, I think Grant's the guy that wins the job. He's the most talented quarterback on the roster. Uh, as of right now, most talented quarterback on the roster. Highest ceiling, highest amount of potential. Uh, gives continuity continuity to the offense. Biggest arm. Uh, can push the ball down the field. So when you look at it, it makes sense. As long as he comes in, stays healthy, uh, learns the playbook, and does what he's supposed to do, he should be Memphis' starting quarterback next year. And I think that's massive because uh, we, we talked about this in the offseason thread talking about um, that there were going to be some learning curves uh, yeah. with with a first-time starting quarterback. And there still will be some learning curves if Grant Gannell is ultimately the starter, but the learning curve is not nearly as steep because this guy has played high-level Division One football and succeeded playing high-level Division One football. So there are a lot of things that make me very optimistic about this and should make Memphis fans absolutely ecstatic. Uh, this is an incredible get. And before we get out of here, I got a, I got one more thing I want to discuss with you, and it's the level of guys that Memphis is getting because this Man. is insane. 
Let, yeah, let's be honest. Like this past week is incredible. They've landed Devontae Dobbs and Julian Barnett, former top sixty prospects, Michigan State transfers, and a former top twenty quarterback in Grant Gannell, who is a top five hundred prospect and a high level, high level recruit, uh, elite level. He went or he went to the elite eleven. Uh, which, if you know football and you know high school football, that is the most prestigious camp slash competition for high school quarterbacks. And I don't think he, uh, I don't think he actually made it to the Elite Eleven, but he was invited yeah. and participated in it. So that that level of quarterback is what you are getting uh, in Grant Gannell. But Jonah, you know this this past week getting these three guys, what does it say about Ryan Silverfield and the staff and what the, what they're able to do right now? So it's two things to me. One. They identified guys that are high up that they feel like are high level prospects early, and they jump on them because the longer these guys stay in the portal, the worse it is for teams like Memphis. You know, how many teams are there out there looking for a quarterback, looking for an offensive lineman, looking for a high level defensive back slash wide receiver athlete who can play all over the field? Like they have identified them early, and then they landed them. That is just so good. Like, it's so hard to do today in today's age. You know how hard it is to recruit a left tackle and quarterback? I mean, you know, you wrote about it in your story, I'm sure. How many teams wanted Grant to come play football for them? I mean, it it was a huge list of people that were after this kid. And it shows me, to my second point, that Memphis has taken that leap. They've taken that leap to where they can compete for those those four and three and four star guys and those those transfers that are looking for a new start that are like, okay, we can go win at Memphis. Not only can we win at Memphis, we can go to the NFL from Memphis. I mean, look at the guys that are having success there now. Tony Pollard just had a dominant, like awesome run the other the other weekend for the Cowboys. I mean, he's on national TV playing. You got Bray White's gonna go play in the NFL. Devontae Cooks is gonna play in the NFL. Kenny Gainwell's gonna play in the NFL. Like this is just it, it they have proven that they can put guys there and they can also win at a high level and now they're actually capitalizing on it, which we haven't seen much in the past because me and you have talked about this privately. Memphis targets high-level guys, but they're never able to get them. They have great relationships. Like, there are guys out there who Mike Norvell and his staff had great relationships with, but they were never able to land them. They had an in-home visit with Jamar Chase. Weren't able to land him. I mean, that's a different case, obviously. It had great relationships with Eric Gray. Were never able to land him. Like, those guys are obviously at a different level. They're top 200 guys who are obviously going to play at Power 5, but... The point remains, like their list goes on and on and on and on of guys that they haven't been able to land, and Ryan sees that and he wants to recruit at a different level, and he's actually able, been able to do it, capitalize on it, and make good on the promises that he's made to recruit at the highest possible level that Memphis can. And I think it's astounding. I mean, we talked about it the other day over the phone. It's just like, can you believe this, that they're doing this? And I really, like, I'm still having a hard time with it. Like, I kind of want to see what he does next. Yeah, Memphis is landing guys that if you would have told fans even five years ago when Memphis first started having success that they could land guys like this, they would not believe you. That is the level that Ryan Silverfield is recruiting at right now. And I think a lot of it is because he's not scared. He's not scared to go after no. these guys. And Mike Norvell wasn't to an extent, but he was also a little overly realistic about who would come to Memphis and why. Yes, and that now, was to their now, dead. now to their detriment sometimes, to the point where they would be like, okay, this guy will come here, so we're going to take him, and then the guy and then never ended up playing or producing or ever being anything in Memphis. 
Right, but at the same time, you have to give Mike Norvell a lot, a lot of credit because if he would not have laid this foundation, if he doesn't go to a New Year's Six Bowl, if he doesn't win a conference title, then these guys aren't even looking at Memphis. So Mike Norvell, Justin Fuente laid that groundwork that is yep. allowing Ryan Silverfield to get these guys, but let's not make any mistake about it. He's the one that's ballsy enough to go out there and and go go after these guys and it's because of his pre-existing relationships and this is why Memphis made the correct decision by hiring Ryan Silverfield he is a great builder of relationships when you look at at the guys that he's landed especially the transfers it's because of relationships that he's had for three or four years it's not like Memphis got lucky and they were the only school that wanted Devontae Dobbs and Grant Gannell with Grant Gannell I know Texas was involved, Maryland was involved, Northwestern was involved, and all really, really wanted this kid. But because of pre-existing relationships and just how genuine and how good of a person Ryan Silverfield is, and also such a good football coach and a good football mind, he was able to land these guys. So there's a lot of factors that go into yeah. stuff like this. It's not it's not all surface-level stuff. It's very deep when you get into uh, building relationships and, and landing recruits. So... Big applause to them. This is incredible. This sets Memphis up for the future. Uh, Grant Gannell has four years to play three. Um, so if you if you if you see the writing on the wall there, you get this guy <laughs> for a long time, just like you did with Brady White. And that's exactly what they need. Stability at the quarterback position is the most important thing in football. I don't care if it's at the pee wee level, high school level, college level, or NFL. Stability well, at the quarterback position is the most important thing in football. Well, it's been proven time and time again that if you have an elite quarterback in the American Athletic Conference, you're going to win some games. That if you have a quarterback that is in the top three, I mean, look at Memphis, Houston, UCF. Well, Houston a little bit of a lesser extent, but UCF. SMU. SMU. Like, these guys win games because they have a great quarterback, but also they have good coaching staff, blah, 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 blah. We can go on and on and on. But having a good quarterback set you up for so much in the American Athletic Conference that it can't be overstated. I mean, you can't you can't be a mediocre quarterback, you can't be a bad quarterback like it I mean, you can't do that at any level, but it's kind of different in the American. Like it helps you take that next leap into the upper echelon of the conference, I should say. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you make a very very good point because there have been teams in the past in the SEC that have gotten away with subpar quarterbacks with really good defenses, I'm specifically looking at you, LSU. Um, <laughs> oh, man. And, and, and have had really good defenses that have carried them. Not That is not the case so much anymore in the landscape of college football as a whole. Even in the SEC, you see very good quarterbacks are leading successful teams. But in the American, if you have a quarterback that can go out and sling it and make big plays, regardless of if you have a good defense or good this or good that, you're going to win some games. Yeah. I mean, like you said, uh, Shane Bouchelle at SMU, they don't have a great team, but they win games because they have a very good quarterback. UCF is a good team overall, but Mackenzie Milton and, and Dylan Gabriel, they wouldn't have been nearly as good without those guys. Didn't help uh, against even a guy like No, it did not. Uh, even a guy at ECU like Holton Aylers, like, that team should be way worse than they are, but they have a good quarterback. So... When you look at the landscape of the American, if you have a quarterback that can push the ball down the field and be successful, you're going to have a, a decent level of success. And if you have good coaching and good recruiting throughout the rest of the roster, then you're going to have a team that can compete for an American Conference uh, championship every year and uh, and go to a big-time bowl game. So 
Jonah, we've went a little longer than we expected. Uh, the future as is usual. bright. The, yeah, as usual. The future is bright, to say the least. Uh, Jonah and I alluded to this in the offseason thread, tried to chill everybody out. Ryan Silverfield's doing a better job at it than we did because in the past week, <laughs> landed three big-time Power 5 transfers. That should make a big impact next season. So I know the 2020-2021 season just wrapped in the Montgomery Bowl. We're actually recording this on Wednesday, so don't know if that was a win or a loss. Hopefully it was a win or people are going to be angry on the boards. I would imagine it's a win, but uh, if you're listening to this on Thursday and I'm wrong, you can uh, you can let me know that I'm an idiot. Just but, flame them. Just flame them on the boards. But regardless Just, of what happened in the Montgomery Bowl, the, the future is very bright. The 2021-2022 season outlook is extremely bright as long as these guys are eligible to play. Uh, but, Jonah, with that being said, uh, head over to GoTigers247.com. We've got a ton of coverage on Grant Gannell. If you missed the coverage on Devontae Dobbs and Julian Barnett, um, go check that out Check that out as well. In episode 94 of Tigers in 20, Jonah and I talked about that and what that means for the program. Um, but other than that, if you need anything on football, anything on football recruiting, you know where to go. Jonah, you got anything else? No, I think you just covered it all, man. All right, that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tigers in 20 Off the Boards. If you enjoyed this interview, we would love for you to leave a comment and a rating wherever you download your podcasts. If you are interested in daily content all about the University of Memphis athletic program, please hop over to www.gotigers247.com. Articles are uploaded daily, and you can join the Go Tigers 247 family by signing up for the VIP membership for even more behind-the-scenes information. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.